millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What about kind of cute, kind of hot, kind of sexy, hysterically funny, but not funny looking guy who you could fuck? Did you not understand? I'm Zane C. Weber. Well, Pam, which way are you going? Left or right? And I'm Sebastian. Fuck that shit. Let's kill this bastard. I'm Alex. And today we are reviewing Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, starring Kurt Russell, Zoe Bell, Rosario Dawson, Vanessa Felito, Sidney Tamil Portier, Tracy Toms, Rose McGowan, Jordan Ladd, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Quentin Tarantino, Marcy Harriel. Eli Roth, Omar Doom, Michael Bacall, Monica Staggs, and Jonathan Loughran. Written and directed by the man himself, Quentin Tarantino. Alright, Death Proof. Love it. Best movie ever. The end? Is that what we're saying? Um, No. Half maybe. Oh. Anyone have any trivia before you want me to just like rattle off everything about this movie? Yeah, this is one of the only Quentin or the only Tarantino film that is shot completely chronologically at the moment. It is, yeah, yeah. No flashbacks in this one. Yeah, um, my <laughs> which is honestly why I find it so easy to watch. Oh yeah, because there's no real thinking involved. It just and kind of happens and in front it's of you. So slow and considered. Like there is, it doesn't rush through any pit through any bits. My very useful, definitely sincere piece of trivia is that the character of stuntman Mike is played by Kurt Russell. Well done. There was an actual stuntman to stuntman Mike, and his name wasn't Mike. So I remember that fact, but I don't know his actual name, and I'm going to keep it that way. Good. Because mm. mm. if there's one thing this film has taught me, it's to not appreciate your stuntmen. They might yeah. try and murder you, even if you're not their stuntman. Yeah. Um, in the extended cut, the word "fuck" was used uh, 148 times. Wait, there are two Classic cuts of this film. Classic Tarantino. Yeah, one that is shown double feature with Grindhouse. Yep, and one that is its own cut. So the ex- in its extended. The one I watched was just shy of two hours. Which cut would that have been? That's probably the extended cut. No, I didn't feel like I missed anything, but in saying that, the normal cut shouldn't feel like it's missing anything anyway. Correct. But. Ugh. Well, this will be interesting. You go. Did not know there were two versions of this. I mean, I knew it had the grindhouse, like the double feature version, but I thought it was the same cut of the film. Nope, different. Huh. Okay, interesting. The uh, the film was physically scratched for that effect, not digitally scratched. Oh. Scratched. And uh, Tarantino thinks, probably rightly so, that he over tweaked this film with those kind of effects, with the, like the weird the weird cuts and the and the scratching and then the and the bubbles. It drops to black and white for a yeah. couple of like for one scene or half of the scene as well. Yeah. Oh I know, I know what was meant yeah, to yeah. happen, but there's a lot of yeah, extra effects added in. 
I think it's because it's so different to what he usually does, which is usually very fast-paced, up and down, going around, editing and effects that are, yeah, that I think he was, he got a bit stir-crazy. Yeah, that can happen. Mm. So what you do when you get stir-crazy, you go away and you write a film about living, being in a cabin for a couple of hours, right? Yeah. I'm assuming that was his inspiration for Hateful Eight, a movie I've not seen. I've not seen it either. You can assume that. Do you know what his inspiration for this movie was? Death. Knight Rider. Incorrect. Thank God. Uh, So he was was buying a car and he mentioned to one of his movie-making friends that he he wanted to buy a Volvo because he didn't want to be involved in like a car crash like in Pulp Fiction. And they said, well, just buy any car and give it to a stunt team and for ten or $15,000 they'll make it death proof. And then one thing led to another. Death proof was in his head. He worked with uh, Zoe Bell on Kill Bill and then he wrote her role in this movie for her as the stunt woman. So Zoe Bell is a stunt woman. She was uh, She's the Kiwi? Thurman's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She was uh, Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill. Really? Yep. They, I know obviously it would be for back shots, but they don't even look alike in height, let alone. Yeah, they're both Movie tall magic. I, I just imagine that. Um, Tom Cruise is pretty short. He's also short in most of the films, though. No. But he's I just imagine Uma Thurman is like seven foot tall stick lady. Uma Thurman's only 6'1, I think. I oh, know, but she always, I mean, she just looks yeah. a lot taller than Zoe Bell did, that's all. So, interesting. Did she do I a mean, lot of the flips? All the other ladies that yes. she was with could have been just as tall and made the height seem less. Gross. A lot, a yeah. lot of the shots they weren't standing next to each other. Exactly. Okay. And uh, yeah. So and even when they are like, yeah, she is tall. Is she? I just didn't notice. Oh. Well. Mm. So Rosario Dawson wanted her hair like Betty Page and convinced Tarantino. Tarantino didn't argue. Okay. Also, lots of bare feet in this movie. Which no, is, I didn't notice a thing. Which is very much like I think this is the one where Tarantino really lent into that that kind of hot Texas we can wear no shoes sort of vibe. Mm. Also, he gets his long shot in, like all, all of the Tarantino, the the view out of the boot, uh, mm. like in Pulp Fiction. Yep. yep. Well, in like. Oh, there's a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Brown, <laughs> all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm. you look like you have a question. No, I'll I'll hold it for the I'll hold it for the end of the class. You, the end of the Do class. It. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Red Apple cigarettes is also in there. Yeah, I caught that one yeah. when they were at the gas station. Weirdest gas station attendant though. You want to buy my good magazines? <laughs> a very fun time. And he wasn't talking about porn, which is what I assumed it was. Mm, really so. low energy today, guys. Okay, I got this. Sorry. So, <laughs> finish your stupid trivia because I don't have any. I mean, your lovely, very needed trivia, but finish that because I have no input for it. And okay. then I can then I can yeah. hit you up with all my opinions. In this I've film, already given. But I have no facts for you. Can my I get you to guess who are some of the names that were considered for stuntman Mike? And I will say, a lot of them have or went on to appear in Tarantino movies. There's about more after this though, isn't there? Correct. So the main cast of The Hateful Eight, the film we both have not seen. Leo was not in this, no. He was not considered. Oh no, we've got two Tarantino films left. We haven't done Django yet. Didn't we do Django? We did Django way at the beginning of the year. we haven't done it. Well, then we're not doing it this year. Because the only 
to the because Alex and I both missed because I was sick and he was away. We missed the both Kill Bill films, but we haven't done Django well, yet. No Django. You don't get to watch Django. I like Django. You're not allowed to. Well, let's just skip some shitty other movie like um, no, we relate like Aquaman. <laughs> sure. No, we need to watch that one. I want to. You need to watch that one. Famous Men. Um, blah 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 blah. How old are we looking? They're like, like back Kurt Russell yeah, age. Like Kurt Samuel Russell's L. Age. Jackson. No, he was not considered for stuntman. Mike. Um, David Hasselhoff. Surprisingly, no. Fabio. No, you're getting further and further away. Oh, you want good actors? Yeah. Well, not. Yes, actually, yeah. I'm going to say almost all of these are good actors. Idris Elba. Think action. I was going to say, I can't Idris remember his Elba? name. Kevin Sorbo, the guy that played Hercules from The Adventures of Hercules. Well, the Bruce Rock. Willis was considered. Oh, Bruce Willis, okay. Bruce Willis, who went on to be in the in Grindhouse. What about, um, oh no, oh no, his name has lost my mind. Don't worry. Ron Perlman. Yeah, that's the one I was going to say. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke's a good Paul. Willem Dafoe. Who was the old guy? That John was... Malkovich. I just I said Adventures of Hercules, and then I thought of an actor that could have legitimately been. Ving Rhames. The left my mind. Sylvester Stallone. Cal Penn. John Wait, Cal Travolta. Penn? Cal Penn. Cal Penn. He is sticking out because he's like 30 and everyone else is 60. Correct. It was I, just one of the people that was actor. considered. He's a good actor. I don't think he could have done this properly. I mean, no. I mean maybe. Yeah. He's a solid actor, but he's not. He's very different in just gravitas compared to these guys. Correct. Um, crap, Sev. Who was that guy you were going to say? I'm going to scream it out mid podcast. Good. I'm going to have well, to. We can all look forward to that. Yep. Good. Hooray. Oh, do you guys talk while I think? How about we just move, move on. on? You guys can do just that. Move on. And I'm going to just hey, zone Alex. out. Yeah. What are the movie babies that you've got for this one? Well. Let you check your prepared notes. <clears throat> oh, what's his fucking name? This movie. It's like when you leave work early to go somewhere that you can't make an appointment for, but you get stuck in traffic on the way there. And then when you finally get there, you have that slither of hope that it wasn't an entire waste of time. And when you get up to the counter to be served, the person you need to see isn't even in the office that day. It's it's like that. That, that feeling of like <sighs> disappointment. And waste of time. Um, <laughs> you are playing yeah. this so close to the best right now, man. Mm, I don't know where like this review is going to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I said also like Dukes of Bruce Hazard. Campbell. Bruce Campbell was the actor I was thinking of. You're incorrect. It's also like the Dukes <laughs> of Hazard because of the cars. Dukes of Hazard is a good one. I had uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Bridesmaids. And a little bit of Friday Night Lights in there because they really talk about cars and music like sports, like men talk about sports. I really, it's really interesting the way that Tarantino transposed the way that he writes about rights for men onto onto the female characters. I'm very proud of my movie babies. Good. I'm very proud. So let's start with a film that we all know, Charlie's Angels. Let's start with a film that we don't all know, Jewel by Steven Spielberg which is effectively where he got the concept for the movie Jaws from, except it's about a man being chased by a truck on the highway, like in his car. And it's they kind of play like the same motifs of, you know, you're seeing it then you don't see it, but he's being stalked on the highway. And yeah, so Car Jaws and Charlie's Angels. Nailed that 
bitch. Haven't seen either of those. You haven't seen Charlie's Angels? No. But you at least know the concept. Some badass women from the 50s. 50s? Sure. I think it's 50s. Someone will write in and tell me I've said the wrong error. I don't care. They're old. They're all dead now, I assume. I and if they're not dead, they will die soon because that's what people do. I thought it was recent. I With mean, Lucy Liu and. That was a remake. That was a movie based off a TV series that came out uh, years and years ago. I think, the, I right. think the TV series may have been 50s, but I think it was color. So maybe not. I really, uh, like, I really, probably 70s. It's like, like 20s. Sure. Sure, good. Excellent. 1820s, of course, I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. It was Plot Nop Sweets. You can only get away with so many vehicular murders before you get beaten to death with a pipe wielded by a Kiwi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get like three of them, maybe four of them if you're lucky. And then that's it. That's it. Yeah. Alex? Um, okay, guy stalks girls and k- kills them with a death-proof car. Then he tries to do it again, but this new group of girls kill him instead. Hashtag... The movie was too long for what it was. A morality tale about literally replacing your penis with a car. The end. She hasn't a talk about the good or the bad. <laughs> um, there is a scene in the movie where he's sitting on the hood of his car and the hood ornament is like right in his crotch. Now, and yeah. then the, the sheriff also hypothesizes about how it could be sexual in mm. nature. There is literally a scene that was shot and cut out of the movie. Of, Please tell me he fucked the car. No, of him <sighs> masturbating after the first crash in the car. That's surprisingly pulled back for what I, what I would have done. So that's good. <laughs> I was really. He didn't hurt. have sex with the car. No. Like okay. exhaust pipe. That was like what I was thinking. Or like he, it turns out like he moves like the uh, panel on the boot and there's just a hole built in that he just like fucks the back of the car with the corpse in the front of the car. That's where I would have seen Tarantino going with this, but I'm surprised what now if, I feel like a bad person. What Tarantino's oeuvre would oh, have yes, led man. you to, to, that, <laughs> to that conclusion? I was just going for exploitative and I thought I nailed it. Mm. Much like I thought he was going to nail the car in this deleted scene. It also seems like the kind of thing that would be cut out because it's like, hey, that scene where he's fucking the car weirdly played for laughs or was either too gross or not gross enough. Like, I feel like it could have gone, depending on what the movie was trying to set, it could have gone too wrong in either direction. Although, maybe there's a sequel. No, there's not, not a sequel. That's not. That's not true. But if there good was, bad. What are we talking about? I, honestly I have. Don't care. <laughs> I have mostly good to say, but I'm. Ha- Let's talk bad then. Alex, you okay. have the floor. Let's talk about this entire film then. Um, there, I just don't get the point. Like it just It's just a guy who wants to kill people. I'm not interested in the way he wants to kill people. I'm not interested in any of the characters that are brought up. I'm not interested in the filmography, cinematography, filmography. Um, I got a filmography for you right here. Yeah. Um, I want them all to know that I'm pointing at my crotch, but I only did it after I said it, so you should be confused. Yep. Um, yeah. This is the banter I promised you I'd wake up during the actual <laughs> review. Oh, good. Yeah, I got this. You continue, please. Um, it just, it just didn't interest me. Did you didn't like the characters at all? You didn't find didn't, the chats and didn't stuff interesting? didn't find anything they talked about interesting. Okay. I, I don't particularly care for cars. I don't particularly care for death-proofing my car to kill people. I don't particularly care about stuntmen. I, what about Stuntman Mike? I mean, all of those things also apply to me. I don't care about cars or death-proofing my car or Stuntman. It's just like it, 
I care about stuntmen. It was man. lost on me, and it wasn't. You just don't want stuntmen to track you down and kill you <laughs> with their deathproof cars. <laughs> this is a documentary. <laughs> you know how not every movie is meant for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely one of those movies for me where the second after the first crash, the movie could have ended, and I would have lost nothing. As in, like after the the first like four women, oh, and the the blonde one in this car after like those first deaths. Yeah, did, yeah. Like if the cop had said like it's this guy, let's go get him. And like they went and arrested him without any proof and then went to a trial. Mm. Okay, whatever. But the entire rest of the film. drama? Yeah. Yeah. The the entire rest of the film was just the same thing, except instead of the women dying in any particular crash, it they survived and they ended up killing him. Like it just this is a this know, movie was it, unusual in that sense. Like the the first, I said this to Zane off air. The first half of this movie compared to the second half of this movie, even though the the, the plot remains pretty consistently the same thing repeated, vastly different in their representation and how you're going. Like the point, like I remembered having seen this movie years ago, and all I remembered was the actual the last half of this film. So I was shocked yeah. when the four characters, the four ladies die at the beginning of the film or the halfway point. Cause in my brain, I only remembered, I'm pretty sure they all survive. And it turns out I remembered part act half. two. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll say though, the first half of this film surprisingly reminded me of like a Hitchcock film. And I don't, I think it was just mm-hmm. the fact that you have all these interesting characters meeting up and you've got this like looming presence there. And Hitchcock tends to play off his like more, evil characters is fairly normal with that, that element of dread that comes with them. And I got that from the first half, which I really enjoyed. But, and then for me, I enjoyed the second half, but in a completely different way. So mm-hmm. it's really weird coming, this movie being released as, you know, part of the grindhouse double feature. Like you watch this film alongside planet terror and it's so unusual. Cause this for me feels like two completely different films split it is. It's perfectly duology. down the middle. Yeah. yeah. And it, and, I'm not going to say specifically that's a bad thing. I, I enjoyed that, but it was, when I even come to review this film, I feel like I'm talking about two completely different things, but you didn't enjoy either half of that. Like you didn't know. Cause the, when it starts off and the girls are in the car, I was like, Oh, okay. We're going to get to a cabin. I like what's going to happen here. Mm. I was interested for a sliver. And then when they, they were at the bar and then cut to, Guy in car outside, it's raining, laughing. Okay, that's that's creepy. And then he goes inside and it's just it just dragged on. Like I just I lost interest so quickly that I just didn't care. You're not wrong. I I I didn't do that for me, but I can see exactly how that would have happened. Yeah. If you don't enjoy anything these guys are talking about, it, this movie's two hours long. There's what the murder yeah. scene from when he kills the the blonde girl to when he kills the four main cast of the first half is maybe five to 10 minutes of that film. And then the last half, that chase probably about 20 minutes, maybe about the end of the film. So we're talking half an hour of this film is stuntman Mike being the killer. And the other hour and a half is just talking. And no, it's, it's, it's four movies. Um, like it, it is, it is that, the the four girl drama. Then it turns into the slasher. Yeah. Then it's the stuntman. Then, then it's the stunt women. Yep. Uh, movie. And then it is the, the rebe- the revenge porn yeah. movie at the end. Like that's that's that that's what he was playing at, the the kind of slasher tropes. And you know how in like exploitation horror movies they like Cabin in the Woods. 
you have that setup where all these characters have interests, but it's only just like nominally touched on. So it's like, I'm the ditzy blonde and I'm the sexy redhead. I'm the dumb jock and I'm the stoner. And they kind of talk enough to get those tropes into you. Whereas Tarantino in this has put that film as like an actual movie worthy set of scenes. And so you're actually invested in these characters. Well, you weren't obviously, but I was invested in these characters before he switches it around and you remember, oh, yeah, this is a grindhouse double feature and then you have the murders uh, on the road and then he does it again and you're like, well, what's, are we still in a slasher movie? And then it lulls you into this this expectation of like uh, this action stunt drama and then he comes back in and it turns into female revenge. Mm. I think that's it's very interesting way that he works on the, the tropes of those movies, of those movie narratives, without flicking between the two. It's funny because I, I enjoy the dialogue scenes a lot, but I can absolutely, I have no argument with Alex, if you don't like the dynamic between the girls talking, this film has fuck all for you because yeah. it's so much of that. Like I liked it. So for me, it was, it's easy. But if you don't even, if you don't find them charming or funny or just watching that conversation even remotely interesting, there is, like I said, potentially 25 minutes worth of action here. Not that you yeah. need just action, but like that's it. That's and the only like I, I will say there is one part of the film that I enjoyed. It was the chase, uh, the car chase scene later on where um, like he's after them and then they're after him. Mm. Possibly but, the best car chase ever. Like it's very high up on my list. But it just kept going and going. So it lost me. Like I and oh, to be fair, just, I, I, I don't I'm know. I, just, say, I think maybe, that's by design. I, Tarantino for me is a bit hit and miss. Like I like, I think well, most of his stuff that I've seen, I like. But then, like this one was just it was so far, it missed the mark by a lot. Yeah, that like I'm not even remotely looking forward to going into Hateful Eight now. Well, having not even seen Hateful Eight, my understanding yeah. is that it's literally eight people in a cabin in the woods in during like snowed in during a storm. And they rape people or something. Um I or mean maybe I just, I, I assumed it would just be a lot of talking and then thing. some no, random horrible violence. No rape. I assumed it was talking and violence is what I would have pegged it down as but I haven't seen it. So it's my Tarantino yeah, I haven't talking seen it. and violence. Yeah. But this is why I like I mean, they're, they're different, but they're kind of similar. But um, Kevin Smith is a director and writer because he does these long scenes where it's just people, somebody, in his case, mostly talking shit, but just talking to each other. And you're not getting anything out of the plot, but just enjoying that conversation. Like, it's like if we did this podcast, but we're not here to review films. We're just recording us having a, any conversation. Like, it's that vague People might find it interesting, but also people listen to shows like this because they also like a direction. Like we're reviewing a film as a target. Yeah. And that's the difference between Tarantino, Kevin Smith, and then other filmmakers. And in that case, because the conversations here are very untargeted and they're just quote, you know, realistic as opposed to conversations of plot, which actually have a destination to reach. And like I say, I can understand that if you did not get into their conversations, yeah. there's then there, you can't even like follow it for a through line to a plot. It's just them talking until the party is over. I will say the difference between Tarantino and Kevin Smith dialogue, though, is Kevin Smith dialogue is just banter. It's witty things that he's talked about with his friends that he's inserted into the movie. 
Tarantino dialogue, even though it doesn't relate to the plot, it directly relates to the themes of the movie. And this movie is all about toxic masculinity. It's all about this one guy who has a scar on his face and so therefore has trouble picking up women, taking it out on women who refuse to sleep with him basically. Um, And then so this whole first part is about seeing how charming he is but then Blondie, Rose McGowan, bang, I'm not sleeping with him. He's old enough to be my father and then getting her just rewards for that statement to this particular guy. So why did he kill the other characters then? Especially where like he was, he went for the, you know, he opted for the lap dance. She said no. And then she was talked around to it and did it. So quote, he has got his little victory mark. Why then kill her? If that's well, that's to prove that that's to prove that he could still basically manipulate her into it. She's still not going to sleep with him though. None of them are going home with him. Yeah. And like the, she, he was never not going to kill Rose McGowan's character. Well, that's my question. Do you think if she had was going to sleep with him, she couldn't have avoided death? Or? Yes. I think if she was going to sleep with him, he wouldn't have killed anyone that night. See, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I didn't Though, get to that be from fair, it. I also think that he's impotent. In my, also, in my yeah. head canon, I think that he had an accident. He either like lost his penis or lost penis function. And so this is how he basically takes that rage out. But that's just head cannon. Like yeah. that's not anything other than that. But uh, like it's definitely pushed that this is kind of like some sort of sexual, uh, sexual thing that he's achieving by by killing. Well, women. like you said, the two the the sheriff spells that out for you, and it, it's, it could be one of those things where he's just here's a potential reason that you can go with or you cannot go with. And sometimes in films, characters would just say something as a theory because the, the filmmaker is literally saying to you, this is why I'm not going to spell it out to you in a different scene. This I'm just going to put it in here so I have included this version yeah. of it because that's the truth. And honestly, yeah. I, I think how, knowing that character from several other films, like that character is a recurring character in Tarantino's work, I didn't accept that. When I first watched it, I didn't accept that as truth. I just thought that it was him being coarse because he is a very coarse character. He relates everything back to dicks and mm-hmm. women. Um, but then as soon as you have that image of, of Kurt Russell sitting with the, the, the rubber duck hood ornament as his dick, that, that it's, it's, like, it's just like let's just punch you in the face with the meaning of his car. Like his car is his penis now and he's going to violate these women with it. He had three photos in on his um on the um sun visor yeah of the women. What what was the he had just chosen them? He took those photos himself or what? What was the? I assume so. I I think yeah. that like yeah, like he he stalks them and then he tracks them and and kills them. Okay. Um. Okay. While we're I know we're kind of veering off, but we are on the bad. Um. We've touched on even Tarantino admitted he kind of tampered with the quality of the actual film a lot. He added too many little effects in. I mean, yeah, maybe uh, I did, they didn't get annoying for me, but I can see why you would say there's too many because he also could have done less and it would have the same effect. So, I think I I forgive that just because it is paired with Grindhouse. Watching it not paired with Grindhouse as a double feature, it it does it sticks out a little bit. But like, mm. yeah, that 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 would be my one criticism as well. Is is the like he didn't need to be as tropey with it. But when you watch it with Grindhouse, which is like super tropey, like they cut out a whole, this whole second act of that movie, it literally smash cuts from first act to third act and everything's on fire. Um, it's, yeah, I, you can see 
what's I, I, what I just remember that for. bit sorry yeah <laughs> um alex anything else that you particularly didn't like while we're on bad uh i think i've really spelt out everything why i didn't <laughs> like it you didn't even like the music because I the music in this is like one of the highlights for me. I can't even recall. The lap dance scene had particularly good music. Actually, I really got into that song. It was a good and pick for very, a song I haven't heard before. Very, very easy to catch on. Music to. for Tarantino as well. All very kind of one era. Usually he he cuts around the place a lot. Mm. Very very thematic music this time. Mm. Well, that's the good start of a good for me. That's what you go. Yeah, we'll yeah. start the good. I'm not her biggest fan, but the scene in which he was killing Rose McGowan, I think she sold it really well. I got genuine fear. The makeup on her looked yeah. fantastic when she was um, bloodied up. Oh no, that genuine was terror from her. Yeah. Like it seemed like I, I I bought into how terrified she was and that and little you, bit of a bag at the end had and stuff. To do that because like that is the transition from from this this bar scene to slasher. Yep. Yeah. As, as soon as she smacks her head up. And yeah, so that performance was great. Kurt Russell, I thought was fantastic. I'm going to talk about in separate parts. Kurt Russell in the first half of this film, playing really charming, genuinely likable. I know exactly where this film is going, but there were so many scenes where I couldn't even read between the lines to get that he was being sinister until he approached for the lap dance. There was a complete a turn of character there for me. But when he's at the bar and the boys are making fun of him for the way he's eating and he has that conversation with Rose McGowan, genuinely came across as a lovely guy. He came across as just how Kurt Russell normally plays his you know, protagonists to then have that term where he tries to conner him for the lap dance that but the way he's having that conversation where he's kind of trying to take a step up and get a bit more power over them. Um, really well played, really came across as quite threatening. And then when you get to the, you know, you're turning left or right here scene. Once again, he's back in that full charm mode, but now he's saying all the sinister things, but not with the infliction of them. Really nice dynamic of character because we have him being nice, sounding nice, being bad, sounding bad, now being bad while keeping it nice. Like it was, I just enjoyed the way he played around with his delivery and it wasn't never, it was never just one note. I agree. And I would add on to that the third level of the, of the underlying petulance. Like when, when they question him or like they misname him or whatever, mm. how he switches on the kind of the tough guy act that's only just barely covering like a petulant response. I was like, it's done, man, Mike. Mm. And now let me continue convincing you to give me a lap dance. Yep. Um, uh, and adding on to the performances, like all the women, like they're super strong the whole way through. Um, I think the only performance in this movie that didn't sell for me, and it's the same in almost all of his movies, is Quentin Tarantino himself. Yeah, the one time that I really bought him was Pulp Fiction. Every other time, it's kind of been jarring to see him in 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 the film, <clears throat> because he surrounds himself with these great actors who are really acting. And just the tiny little bit that the uh, the black girl with the afro hair in the Texan bar when she role plays the coming up and saying the poem like that's such a great scene. Mm. It yeah, like. Tarantino dialogue. Oh, what was going to say? No. So Kurt Russell was great. Tarantino wasn't that great, but that's, he's not an actor. I mean, he is, I guess. He's, he's got a lot of credits, but yeah. not an actor. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, 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 gosh. The music um, was great. I love the music in this one. Actually, I did enjoy the scene where he was, Stuntman Mike was talking over all these past roles that he's had. He's trying to kind of impress these people and he's talking to this particularly young crowd and they haven't heard 
any of these about any of these roles or any of these films or TV shows that he's worked on, and it's like that kind of defeated thing of like you know yeah I'm important I used to, I I do I have this important job you've seen me a thousand times you never know it and he's just out of his element with this age group, and it was kind of sad it was like. It reminded me of like the old man on the park bench by himself feeding the ducks. Like he's just got no one to relate to because everyone in his life may have passed on. He's just in that period where he's just so alone. And I really like, I bought into in that case, how vulnerable of a character he was. And this is before his, you know, his heel turn in the film. Um, Another good thing though, I I gotta write these down because I keep thinking of them while I'm talking about one bit and then just, losing them saying you go you rant about something for a second well, can you lecture my thoughts please um i really like the uh the the transition of stuntman mike between the two being that kind of charismatic uh leading man type to the killer that we see and then he he's kind of like he switches into like a teenage bravado then to like bawling child in the in the second part in the revenge part and i think that even though they seem like two very different characters, I think it's 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 great. Uh, it's it, it's great juxtaposition between the two different movies that he's telling, the slasher and the revenge film. Mm. Like obviously, the the killer in the revenge film is going to be a pathetic character, mm. at, at least towards the end of it. Oh, he and turns I, into a little bitch in the last half yeah, hour of this film, and he he really earns that with his performance in the first one. If it, if that if the second half was a standalone movie, that would be a terrible performance. Mm. But because it's paired with the first half, it it's it it sells it for me. And Tarantino does this thing where he ties uh all these different tropes together and because it's very self-aware and you and you like he starts out with like the 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 jittery scratching and then the, the 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 clicks between dialogues and you see where he's kind of like oh will we say this again and again because obviously the film is damaged in inverted commas he uses those tropes so that you buy into the narrative tropes that are coming up so as soon as you see this 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 car following them you're like oh okay i know where this is going mm. and as soon as you <laughs> You you see you get in the car you don't as soon as Rose McGowan gets in the car you don't question that because you're like oh I remember what movie we're in now yeah yeah the part I was in touch on you talked about like almost the gender roles being a little bit flipped in this film compared to well yeah well, general, the, general films I guess well there's there's ten women and yeah. three men um and apart from the stupid boyfriends which who had to be there but I there was one a particularly lovely bit where I like how they're trying to. They're painting the story of particularly like strong women characters, uh, and they've got the bit where I forget the actor. He comes outside. It's raining. The um the main girl from the first act is she's noticed that stuntman Mike's car's outside. Yeah, Vanessa Felito. Thank you, Arlene. And you know he comes out and he chats and he's like, "You want to go make out in my car or whatever?" And they've that scene where he's kind of begging for it, and she's like, yeah. "Take control." She, well, he literally whines. Yeah, and there's <laughs> they, they they kind of take it the shot back, and he's like showing that he's got this umbrella. But they got in a thing where he's kind of posed like a tip, like the stereotype of, I guess, a woman with like a parasol. Yeah, yeah. Almost like to the point like you'd expect to have his like leg bent up into the air as he's standing there kind of posing <laughs> for it. And they've got her positioned quite strongly. And I, I just like that you take it back and literally they have the man playing the stereotypical woman and the woman playing the stereotypical strong man. So like just visually as well, painting the same picture that the story's been mm. telling the entire time of these are tough women. 
Which is- and that's that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that the dialogue not leading the plot anywhere, but it definitely attends all the themes that the movie is addressing. Yeah. So all the men, they're, they're like pictured as like either begging for sex or manipulating for sex. Like let's get them drunk. Let's, yeah, let's give them, them shots and last then they'll, minute. They'll take us there and we, we can convince them to do whatever they want. Uh, and then you see these women who are literally like making plans like we know the men are going to do this so we're not going to let them. And then they get cut down mm. by Mike. And then you see the, re- the role reversal in the second part of the movie. Do you want to focus on the second part for a bit? Or before we do, is there anything in the first half you enjoyed, Alex? Not particularly. Okay. Yeah, sorry. No, you're right. I don't, yeah. I don't have anything really more to say other right. than, yeah. But we'll talk about the second half because it was quite different. I I've, I didn't look up the actress's name. The I have to look her up. There was one, apart from Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I love, mm-hmm. um, there was one actress in the second half that I did particularly enjoy. But I've got a, Tracy Toms as Kim, Zoe Bell. As I think Zoe Tracy Bell. Toms. Tracy Toms is the black one. The- yes. She was great. Yes. I loved her. She really fun great. character. Great, like great emotion, uh, emoting, um, and just yeah, really fun to see. The Kiwi uh, one was fine too. Like, I had no issue with her. I did think she was Aussie as well the entire time until that whole scene came up of "I'll kill you." But, but uh, Kiwi is really? the one accent you have. Yeah, and she sounded Aussie. She's definitely uh, Kiwi. She definitely <laughs> sounded Kiwi. <laughs> I would never have picked it until it was pointed out. I just thought it was a bad t- Quentin Tarantino film Aussie accent. Should I uh, also add? That's why. I particularly hate this film as it was a Kiwi act. No. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a heel turn. Right. I knew you were this racist, but I'm glad we finally caught it on microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. drop the mm-hmm. drop the facade. We've caught him. We've got him. Yep. You're to entrapment. Here it took three years. Jokingly don't like New Zealand people. That's it. We got you now. It's done. Mm. Um, <laughs> second half of this film, I enjoyed that he was just a whiny little bitch after he had attacked them. The second he, from the second he got shot in the arm, he was like, "Oh God!" and he's running and trying to get like, away from. Oh no, pain! Even though in the first half, like he has a broken collarbone and a, he has a list of injuries that he's obviously getting through. Yep. in the hospital, but like, oh no, I've been shot with pain in my arm. Yep. <laughs> I will say, I preferred most of the women from the first act a lot more than the ones in the second act. Really, I really I liked the strong- second act women. No, they weren't bad. But the women in the first act was so much stronger in character for me. It felt weird that they were the ones that got killed quite quickly and were given a cast of characters that are strong, but I'm going to say weaker than the other ones. It just felt, I'm sure I'm sure he did it on purpose, but I just felt like the, the first four, well, the first three really, it was only really three main I ones, think what they were tougher characters. We had zero, zero time dealing with these women with men. So they didn't have time to establish the status. Like they're just a group of women who enjoy each other's company. Honestly, I could even bring it down to if like at the end scene, I just visually the women in the first half, I felt like they could have kicked his ass given the chance comparatively to the ones that actually do kick his ass at the end of the film. Like I just felt like the first bunch were tougher. I just felt like they were. Sure. Yeah. I don't I'm, I'm going to say that that's your own prejudices yeah. coming into, into interview. So I remember a part that I like. I love it. The car crash. With uh, the one where he kills the first the, ones? The three women. Yeah. I and like the, the rollback and like see the different like Oh yeah. I the, like that. That's it. I was, <laughs> and I was the leg flying. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was saying to Zane. The tire to the face. That's the thing is yeah. when I was watching this movie, I was like, he's driving real close. I'm like, I, I was towards them. I saw this ages ago. I, my memory was of the last four women surviving, like not these ones, but I thought they were all the same person. I forgot the movie split this way. So I was like, no, they're going to survive. And this is getting really close. I'm like, he's either going to pull away last minute and play chicken and then taunt them or he's going to kill them. Yeah. And I was like reading into the scene. I'm like, well, the main girl's wearing a seatbelt. No one else is. Is she going to survive? Is that like some subtle, like, you know, storytelling? Nope. Tired of the face. Very dead. So I was a bit surprised having even seen this film because I got my endings confused. Fair. I just assumed it was the same cast the entire way through, but I was a little bit confused because I saw Mary Elizabeth Winstead's name come up in the credits to begin with. And just wasn't rocking up in that first half. And I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, anyone particularly good? It's a very, it is a very simple thing. So it's hard to like harp on about it because not much happens. But I enjoyed what did happen, but there's just not a lot of it. No, that's, I think we've covered pretty much everything. We did it. How are we Hooray. so good at this? I mean, uh, two, three years, four years, seven years. That's the one. However, that's the one. however yeah. long we've been doing this. However long we've been doing it, I'm putting, um, I'm throwing, I'm throwing a stuntman mic into the arena with Calhoun from Wreck It Ralph. It depends which stuntman mic you're getting, Act One or Act Two, because Act uh, Two is going to lose yeah, very do easily. Do you think you're going to? Do you think even Act <laughs> Act One? You jump in the gun here. <laughs> stuntman mic is going to uh, convince Calhoun to get in his car. He doesn't need to. He can just run her down. And you think he's just going to blast him away? Yep. She's literally she's <laughs> literally, literally got a, a gun, which is the reason he started running in the first place. It's true. That's the act two Mike hates guns. Act one Mike no, loves he's them. the same guy. Also, we haven't done recommendations yet. Jump the gun. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious from what No, said. we gotta it's it's part of the formula. Oh, okay, Seb. Is this worth the second take? It sure is. I want to go home and watch Planet Terror though. My experience is I enjoy the other half of this double feature more, but this is really fun. I've Most times when I've ever done this, I've actually only watched Planet Terror and then haven't stuck around for this one, which I regret doing because I really had a good time. Alex? No. Ah, I was still ranting. And Kurt Russell, the end. <laughs> no. And me, this is t- almost tied with Kill Bill for my favourite of Tarantino's. I think it is the, the second closest to a perfect text, even though it is so out of the ordinary from any other movie that I can really think of. Um, But I think that's part of the reason why I like it. I literally watched it the first time, the first time for this, this recording last night. And I watched it again this morning and I watched it again as you walked in to start recording. Uh, I I literally watched it three times in a row. I really love this movie. I'm putting stuntman Mike into the arena with Calhoun. Well, he does hate strong female characters. And he was also killed by strong female characters. Mm. But but he also dislikes strong female characters who use their sexuality. And Calhoun does not do that. That is true. Jane Lynch is a very non-sexual person. I just rewatched um 40-Year-Old Virgin yesterday. Didn't realize she was in it. Uh, it has not changed my opinion. Um, uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. Really? Really, really. Oh, it feels like a cultural touchstone of comedies from the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, you, you forget who you're talking to, yeah. though. It's a Seth Rogen film. Yeah. But uh, I, had, I didn't watch everything. <laughs> okay. Um, like anything. It's tough because no, first act Mike would kill her very horribly. She's got a gun. 
And not like a gun, like a, a blaster energy gun, like a yeah, giant like giant alien ripping apart blaster as, gun. As soon as he starts being sinister, like give me a lap dance, like she would have been onto that, like I'm going to fucking watch you. I think she would have grabbed him by the nape of the neck and slammed him up against a wall. I will say this should play a disadvantage, guys. He's not the Terminator. He doesn't just walk at someone and murder them. He sneaks up. Every scene in which he kills someone, except for the scene where he gets the girl in the car with him, he has snuck up on them. Like It's it's an attack out of nowhere. The only vehicle we see Calhoun drive is like a literal like spaceship. He would just wait until the time was right. Like he waited into the highway and got in front of them and dimmed the lights. Like I'm saying he's sneaky. He's not like an in-your-face attack. He's not like Jason running at you with a machete or walking at you, I guess. He's like a shark. He's jaws. He's waiting for his moment to strike. Mm. He'll wait till she lands and then broom. They're all like, oh no, he was in the shadows the entire time and he's running her down. Like it's not I think even even if she's not in her in her in her spaceship, she has a gun. Like a giant gun, and, I, well, I guess and that's I, his weakness, yeah. as we found. Small guns are his weakness, or and being kiwis with pipes. In the face. <laughs> Small guns may be his with weakness. This. That, by that logic, a bigger gun would just make him weaker. <laughs> okay, well, <here> we <laughs> he killed three very strong female characters, and then, in my opinion, was killed by three less strong female characters. And I think Calhoun is the strongest of all these female characters, which technically means she's weaker. No, that's him. your opinion, yep. honestly. <laughs> like, and these, these the first women, they're not strong in like a military sense. They're strong in a personality yeah, sense. Yeah, they are. I would say that the act two, unarguably, are stronger in a physical sense, being like actual stunt people. Yeah. Yeah, more physically Strong. I think this is. I'm gonna. I'll let you have Calhoun, but I think you're making a huge mistake. Uh, And I can't wait for the Babadook to kill her. I've never seen the Babadook. I don't know what it is, but I assume it's a man with a hat. Mm. What are we Mm -hmm. doing next week? Um, I want to say the Babadook, but Uh, it might not be. It's not the Babadook. Let me check for you guys. Someone it's snatch. It's not the. No, Bubba I don't want to review snatch. Well, you shouldn't have put it on. I didn't. I never would have put it on there. Well, it's on there. What's snatch? Hmm. Don't say a movie because this is a movie review podcast. It's about British gypsies so. and bare knuckle boxing. Ah. On another so note, our website changed. About- I think you'll like it. Okay. All yeah. right. So we have Snatch, thinking. then we start Horror. So after that, we've got It Follows. We've got a guest on for that one. Uh, Get Out, The Babadook, Let the Right One In, Paranormal Activity, Troll hunt. There's a lot of horror. No, no, no. So let the right one in is the end of the horror. Oh no, sorry. Paranormal activity is the last of the horror, but we're also leading into our next um series, which is found footage film. Which most end up being horror anyway. We've got Troll Hunter, Blair Witch. Oh, Chronicles a superhero film, but like Paranormal Activity is kind of found footage anyway. It's just not handheld camera. That's what I mean. Paranormal activity yeah. is the start of the found footage. And then Creep, which isn't a horror, it's a thriller. And then we hit Hateful Eight. In December, late uh, early December, so we might see if we can slot in Django somewhere. We also somewhere. have Fantastic Beasts. Did you want to just slot in Django and just fuck off Snatch? That makes a lot more sense to me. Off what? Get rid of Snatch. We'll just do Django. No, I'm doing Snatch. It's on there. I love it. Let's do it. I, I've never seen it. It just it should be Django because we're missing a ser- one of the series. Oh, let's just get rid of uh, Wayne's World. Are we doing Wayne? Oh, we're doing Wayne's World one and two, <laughs> but we're gonna do Hateful Eight before after it. I oh, guess yeah, we, no, go- we should definitely get rid of Fantastic Beasts. I was about Beasts. to say we should get rid of Fantastic Beasts. 
So Alex have no fun until the end of the year. No, you're gonna have lots of fun. I hate horror movies, so I'm not looking forward to the series. We should have had the nun in here. It's oh no, none for me. Thank you. Good. All right, that's the end of this. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 